So Luke, force projecting himself into another star system, was always going to kill him. And as soon as like I realized that's what he was doing, I was like, oh, fuck, Luke's dying. Because like that's how that works. Also, force bridges are a thing that was established in the external universe that's now Legends. That like Ryan Johnson, given the ability to like look at all these things and now say, oh, I can grab some things that have some weight, is able to pull those in. So like the force is this thing that... So these the are first, all in the, the books? <laughs> If I may. <laughs> God damn it. The, oh the only Fuck. rule, the only rule that has ever been established in these movies vis-a-vis what is possible versus vis-a-vis the force is that it can do literally anything the plot needs it to. Every single movie has added something new to it. Okay? Because in Star Wars mm-hmm. 1, it literally is Wait, just like, four. it's... Okay, sorry. In all right, I, chronologically, Star Wars one, nineteen seventy-seven, so a new hope. I get fucking lost. <laughs> I understand. Okay, a new hope, uh. a new hope. Death Star exploding. The only thing the Force does in that movie is Darth Vader chokes one dude, and it also kind of makes you. It just gives you like a little tickle in the back. It's like a spider sense. Right. That's all it is in right. the first. That's what I was like, that oh, is like literally movie. the extent of its definition, and then. Next movie, Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader chokes a dude through Skype. He chokes a guy who's on the other (laughs) end of a computer screen who knows where. And he can choke you through Skype. So it apparently (laughs) is not distance-based, right? Mm. Um, And that also, that's also the movie. We add ghosts. Now force ghosts. Okay, so we add that in there. And also it makes you like, and somewhere in these two movies, it's like, it also makes you good at shooting if you want it to. Um, then in the next movie, it had lightning is added right now. They can do lightning Mm -hmm. with it. And the thing about the force lightning that video games have ruined is that force lightning is not, you put enough dark side points into yourself and now you do lightning force lightning only exists because Darth, because that guy is trying to torture Luke in front of his dad, right? That is the only reason why it's lightning. It could have been fucking acid bubbles. It could have been chains. It could have been anything. But he chose lightning because it was dramatically appropriate. Not because when you level up to level six, you get lightning. Um, It's (laughs) literally, like, it's, the Force always does what the plot needs it to do. And so, and then by the time you get to the prequels, it makes, you can run super fast, you can jump super high, because there's been, like, all these books and comics and, and video games where the Force turns you into Superman. And, that's and I fun. guess they retconned it, that out by being, like, see, this is when, like, the Jedi tradition was still alive and well, so the people were highly trained in the Jedi arts. So they're in the height, they know how to use it, it's not a farm boy who got two days of training and then <laughs> kicked out the door. Well, yeah, you know, it's you, people who, like, the, it was... If you take the movies, for what they even qualify the force is in episode four the first one that comes out Mm -hmm. they describe darth vader as a fucking wizard 
And like the reason why he choked yeah. somebody out at a meeting is because dude's like, who the fuck is this guy? He's wearing armor and carrying a sword, and we've got guns in a space station. And then he chokes them, and they go, oh, fuck. What? Your slavery to that ancient religion is blah, 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 right? And then he's like, all right, I mean business. I'm going to choke you. Not because, again, force choke is something you put on your character sheet. It's because, like, <laughs> I need to make my point, so I'm going to crush this fool's larynx just, like, the real Joker quick. coming in just like, and just smashing the dude's head on the eraser of a pencil. Right. Joker did not put two points in pencil combat and then he slams the dude. It's because the language of the movie at that point needs Darth Vader to choke a motherfucker. There's needs also... Joker to slam you onto a pencil. Shoot. Needs Thor's lightning to make a robot go. Like, it's because <laughs> it's all made up magic oh and the plot needs thor's lightning to make ultron go like a frankenstein and okay that's how it works and i buy it okay and i buy it honestly uh, if sure. for me that's, see, that's why i'm like i i've been i've been watching the mandalorian i actually truly enjoy the mandalorian i feel like mm -hmm. i can watch it without fully like uh, you know it's nice to know other things from the star wars universe but i don't feel like it's integral in my understanding of what the hell's going on i think uh, just the idea of like what a lightsaber is and the way that they function and the way that the lasers work and the, it, it just the mechanics all feel consistent to me, even if they don't feel consistent from the movies, which is like, that's all I care about. And I remember I was like, oh, maybe I should go back and watch these movies. And I'm flipping through Disney Plus and I went, nah, I'm good, actually. I'll just vibe with Mandalorian. And like, it's been so much fun. Like the way that they're just like developed. See, I don't know. I'm having a see. Mandalorian's about to do some shit to you to us though, because it's getting into shit. If you think the force is confusing, it's getting into shit that's gonna make your head spin. Because like, I'm not unconvinced that the reason why they're take. Have you? Are you? Is everybody caught up on Mandalorian? So I don't. Are you caught up on shit. Kevin? I'm caught up. I think. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Okay, so for for nobody, <laughs> for people that are listening, if you Go don't want, crazy. if you don't want Mandalorian spoilers, skip ahead like. I'll put a time. I'll put a time. I'll put it. I'll put a time. So the the last couple episodes, Jace, you're caught up. So I am like up. they went to. They, they brought in some a, old Star Wars guys. Yeah, they brought in some old Star Wars guys, and it was fucking incredible seeing uh, Tamura Morrison and his strong Maori self beat the shit out of people with a staff. Very good. Um, uh, but uh, uh, um, you're talking about um, Boba Jango yeah. Fett or Boba Boba Fett. Fett. Kevin, Boba just Fett. keep your mouth shut for this period. <laughs> I'm used to him being Django Fett know, from the know, movie, from the before I'm times, with you. from the old. And one. he says yeah. a line that his dad said, which was emotional and very good. That's cute. Uh, See, as someone that didn't have a connection to Django Fett or Bubba Fett, I was like, yeah. I vaguely know who this character is, yeah. and that's all I need to know to be like, oh, this is a fun intertextual reference but yeah, it's Star Wars fans are gonna kill me imagine yeah. that you're a super nerd that's been waiting 40 years for Boba Fett to do something cool right. and then he shows up and does Right. anyway two episodes ago they go to an Empire facility and there are people in giant vats of Bacta, big Bacta tanks that are like deformed as fuck and then they listen to a What's transmission that? that says they're looking for donors with a high M count which is John Favreau and Dave Filoni doing their best to make the best out of a shit situation, which was George Lucas in influencing the Force by making it based in science, which is fucking dumb. Don't need that. Um, Snoke, from the new trilogy, I'm guaranteeing Snoke. this. They make Snoke out of blood from a Force-sensitive being. That's why he's deformed. That's why he's awkwardly powerful. That's why there's, like, several versions of him, because they fucked up. And they kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and then they got him. 
and he's incredibly powerful, and he has no history because he was fucking made in a test tube. But for That's all of this to matter, Snoke is the guy, the big bad guy that that Kylo kills in the Red Room in Episode Eight. Dealing it just makes sense. It just makes sense. There's no from... reason to introduce a storyline where the Empire is experimenting with creating Force users because there are none that they have on their side by kidnapping Force users on the other side and then taking their blood and putting it into people and seeing if something fucking happens. And, like, there's even hints Ludwig Gorenson even works in Snoke's theme into that scene when they're looking into the test tubes. So, like, come on. Sure. It's Which gotta scene? be a Which test tubes? When they're, in, when they're in that facility with... Uh, in, Mando- in Mandalorian? In Mandalorian, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see those people in those giant water tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're like this was this this is this is the Nazi dark magic division, right? Which I am Empire. really stoked for them to see. I mean, not stoked to see it, but you know, uh, it is really exciting in a certain sense to be able to be like, oh, stoked to see it. What, Kevin? He was making a pun. S- I said stoked. S- said snoked. 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 Snoked to see it. Yeah, you were snoked. <laughs> are you, pr- are you proud? Of your, are you proud of yourself? <laughs> Snoke. And think about your answer. <laughs> yo, this is yo. You just you just told a dad joke and got a dad yes. to make a like. You need to go to your room right now. <laughs> Essentially, got, what I'm saying is, it's is... very fascinating to see that they're actually extending the Nazi metaphor into literal human experimentation in a way that we haven't seen before. At least that I'm aware of. But that's because I don't really give a shit. Yeah. The funny thing is, almost nothing happens in Mandalorian that hasn't been somewhere else, and like. The reason why Dave Filoni is a big portion of this show is because Dave Filoni is the reason why Clone Wars, the animated show, exists. He's the reason why Rebels exists. And the reason that there's a Darksaber, the reason we're talking to Bo-Katan and the Death Watch of Mandalorians, those people in all blue that took their helmets off and were like, you're fucking weird for not taking your helmet off. They're all, Ahsoka Tano, all characters from Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm. So like this show isn't making. Should I stuff. watch Clone Wars and Rebels? You should watch both of those. They're both extremely good. Um, but like twelve seasons of Star Wars cartoons. <laughs> you, you know, here's the thing: you can buy, you can find a list of episodes that you can go by that are like the most essential or the most no, entertaining but see, or like me, the I most. I can't do that. I no. would be like, I'm missing. Yeah, you're my friends that love One Piece, and they're like, okay, you watch episodes one through five, and then you skip these, and I'm like, I'm never going to. No, <laughs> don't do that. Do if it's like it, that would be like me, who both of you have not seen Steven Universe, and I'm still very upset, but it's fine. We will work through this together. Season one's 52 <laughs> fucking episodes. Do you need every single episode to understand the main plot? No. Do you should you watch every episode? Fuck yes. You should, should watch you... every single. <laughs> goddamn episode of that gorgeous show should you watch episodes of tv that are not quote unquote important yes <laughs> yes <laughs> they add like, texture they add character also, they endear I, you I to the if you oh, sorry like steven universe like also does this did this really cool stuff with like uh, integrating elements of these characters later on like really massive like plot developments like the kind of plot twists that happen in steven universe were like unheard of for a children's cartoon <laughs> and I, I i literally I, I you need to watch the show um but it's one of those things where you go back uh-huh. and you literally i i have rewatched i have seen every single episode at least two times right this is just like the fact of it and there's a lot of episodes and i'm currently adventuring into a third watch through with my roommate you go back and you watch episode one and you're like that's an easter egg that you don't find out for another two seasons that's an easter egg oh, yeah. that you don't find out for another two seasons that's an easter egg but they don't seem like easter eggs 
and it's just like really subtle things. And it's like, oh, that's that's foreshadowing that you understand why people do certain things that they do and how they do them. And then there's like there's lines that make more sense. And like when they went to the last episode of Steven Universe, not getting into Steven Universe future. Okay. That whole conclusion was pitched to them when they pitched the show. The entire main arc was the original pitch. So every single little thing they did was super intentional. There is a little song Steven sings in episode one, right? That's this fun, goofy song that when you go back after having watched it, you're like, wait, holy shit, this whole song? Mm, I, I can't, I can't. Okay. I can't I don't want to say anything because it'll ruin it because it's one of those like really deep fundamentally awesome and it's like you watch it one time you go back and you're like oh that's fun that's like a reference to this and then you go back again and you're like oh wait of course he's making a reference to this because it's actually this oh my god it's yeah I oof. I sound like I'm absolutely insane because I'm not saying any spoilers whatsoever right now because <laughs> neither of you have seen my favorite show on the planet it's so good it's so good and I'm over here, like, biting my tongue because none of you guys care about Star Wars. <laughs> I like Mandalorian. I've gotten this close to seeing Mandalorian, and then you told me, no, actually, they're touching on a bunch of obscure Star Wars lore, and I'm like, well, not, I guess that's, that's not, it that's between that, me and the Mandalorian. Someone, no, that's not, but that's not that's the point that's of someone the... someone that doesn't even know any of this background stuff, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It's not made for that, but no, they're adding that in so the people that know it it's like it's like having read Harry Potter and watching Harry Potter. If you've read it, you get more from it. If you haven't, the movies are still great, right? It's like or reading Mandalorian exam, and no, like, the movies are bad. <laughs> They're almost all bad. But that's a completely <laughs> separate uh, topic. No, but Kevin, seriously, like I do not like I have seen all the Star Wars movies and okay. I couldn't tell you what happens in just about any of them. Like it's my memory, <laughs> my retention for Star Wars is garbage. But hey. I love Mandalorian because it man, it gets it's fundamentally is what i want out of star wars you've got the essence of this like space western cool sci-fi looking outfits and lasers and and lightsabers outfits and lasers yeah and androids and cute fucking puppets and complex like you know like animatronics and prosthetic makeup and just like an enjoyable character development that you can watch. And I don't know any of the references that they're making, but okay. they don't take away from what's going on, right? Okay. And any little thing I do recognize, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. But it doesn't take – it's not like I'm not going, fuck, what's – how does this – what is this? So when is this? I think at one point I went, when does – like when in the Star Wars timeline does Mandalorian take place? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it didn't affect whether or not I understood what was going on at all. So I actually think you might be able to get into – if you liked Firefly, you will like Mandalorian. I did like Firefly. You will like I, Mandalorian. I was a white nerd <laughs> in <laughs> of a certain age. I liked Firefly. They, like, you came out of the womb, they did a test, they saw if you were a nerd, and they issued you Firefly on DVD. That's what they did, <laughs> and, and we were all in there, although Dr. Horrible was even more my shit. Are a Doctor Horrible nerd, aren't you? Oh, that makes yes, yes, so yes, much yes, fun. Yes, 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 I yes. just rewatched that the other day. I'm not even lying. Holds up. That was right? fun. yeah. While I was hold up, it's it's a oh, fun right. freaking. Ken was asking if the show holds up. If oh, Doctor Horrible hold up. holds yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, hold yes, up. I'm hold up. It's a fucking quarantine, Kevin. Of course. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. But no, 
no, but then like looking back and being like, wow, this was done during like a writer's strike and like, oh, mm-hmm. this is awesome. You know, and looking at Neil right. Patrick Harris before you're like, oh, like I love Neil Patrick Harris, but I also think that he's kind of cringy. Like, at, like no, he's he, kind of cringy. Once we met the mom, right? How I Met Your Mother, oh, which was like, while it was going on, I loved it. And then upon reflection, I was like, this is severely toxic. Yeah, what we've talked about it many times on this show. That right. show has aged like milk. <laughs> milk! But everything Neil Patrick like Harris has done milk. after that is it's just, it's 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 Neil Patrick Harris doing Neil Patrick Harris as a character. Right, and even that starts with Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, right? That's his big... Right. That's his big return where he plays himself and he's essentially Barney Stinson in an R-rated movie so he can do and say even worse shit. Um, And then that, like, and that sort of just, like, nicely catapults that into nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother um, where, I guess through enough coercion, he's like, actually, can you guys let me sing and dance, like, all the time? Um, And then he, you know, he's become a successful, like, award show host, Broadway uh, star, you know, he's he, he's a hell of a guy. And then he did Series of Unfortunate Events, which is a flawless execution of Series of Unfortunate Events. But his portrayal of Olaf, just it, because we have seen Jim Carrey, we can't unsee Jim Carrey. So, like, even though it is like, the tone is spot on, the tone is probably more true to the book's than the Jim Carrey movie ever was. It's mm-hmm. kind of campy. It's fun. It's definitely for kids, but enjoyable for all ages. Dark, mysterious, campy, all these fabulous things. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it, like, this is amazing. And then you, <laughs> you watch Neil Patrick Harris and Kent Olaf, and you're like, but it's not Jim. I remember people saying, like, Oh my God, Neil Patrick Harris, so much better than Jim Carrey as no. Count Olaf. And then I, I watched it. the show, I and I was like, they're doing exactly the same thing. But he's just not Jim carrying it. They're doing the same voice affectation. Like they're doing the exact same thing. I like that Jim Carrey movie. Um, it's a I flawed adaptation, but Jim is really entertaining. You got a young mm-hmm. like Emily Browning in there, and she's a star. Um, and I really like. There's the the image that just keeps sticking with me is all the stuff with like Jude Law writing in a clock tower because he's playing Lemony Snicket. And I just think that's just like weirdly powerful imagery. You know, the movie's fine. Oh, Meryl Streep is in it. That's fun. Um, The design of the movie's fun. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. And there's a lot of really great visual things that they do. How did we fucking get from Star Wars to Neil Patrick? (laughs) Yo, we are. That's the way of it. We move a lot. Undone. We're undone. Amen. Of course, advanced community studies, the podcast uh, where we uh, talk about a whole bunch of shit, and also the American television comedy Community, one or two episodes. Oh, I'm sorry, at a time. Uh, I we are of course also the premier podcast in the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. (laughs) Yeah. I am one of your one hosts. One of these days I'll be ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is not this day. Um, <laughs> it's not this day. One of these, uh, and one of these days, I could change my name to Blade, but it won't change the way mustard tastes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's everybody? Hi- I forgot how to speak English. My name is Jace. I use they, them pronouns. I need not say anything else before I embarrass myself further. <laughs> Just kidding. I'd really love to be a vampire that can also slip my heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the daddy host, the third one. Um, 
I'm incredibly time crunched every day in my life now, and it's great. Um, more on that. Baby watch, baby watch. Yes, yes. Yeah, so more, more on that later. Um, but yeah, I don't have a good quote or a good nickname for myself. But I, I, the only thing I can think of that's, that could be referenced to this show is the. Remember, this is just a quick peek, quick peek at community, which isn't true. Um, but if you tell anyone that we did, that we're doing this, we'll stop letting you do things with us that we're afraid to tell anyone we did. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we went back? Here's the thing. Uh, yes. My uh, this this has made me think, um, right, about how you know Blade, of course, love is it. making me think. <laughs> love it, fucking. Some motherfuckers oh, always try to ice uh, skate uphill. Can you imagine? <laughs> We by the time we actually get the movie, right? Because let's face it, it's not going to happen for a while. The uh, community movie or the Blade movie? <laughs> get out of my brain. Okay. Thank Basically, you. what I'm saying is, how sick would it be if the new one, the new Blade, came with out Mahershala just Ali. Be- with Mahershala fucking Ali comes out before the community movie, and they're able to make another mwah reference. Oh, they're watching Blade. this Blade? Mm, that's Fully good. making it a full circle tie-in to the MCU. Let's be completely honest. Mahershala Ali would go, would be in the community movie for fun. Oh I mean, my that god, that'd be, be so sick if he and if then, it, oh, and oh, then that scene where... Geeking out in front of Mahershala Ali as himself being like, you're Blade and he's like, what? No, my name's Mahershala. No. He's like, no, 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 you're Blade. <laughs> and yeah, then it perfect. would make that scene where in Spider-Verse Uncle Aaron is watching community just like the world would implode because because you would have mahershala ali who plays uncle aaron in spider-verse also in but he was watching and then just like the it's like in (laughs) spider-verse it's like the universes are collapsing right and telephone poles are oh my god that's actually what happens so the the community movie is abed meets mahershala ali and then the community slash marvel universe implodes on itself and then troy turns into a new version of miles morales and he as spider-man has to save the community verse that's my pitch dan Harmon. Fucking hire me. <laughs> you were not around for the episode where we pitched our community movies, so I'm glad we finally got yours. That's my I'm, pitch. That's I'm is. really glad we Spider-Man finally got Spider Verse, created by Abed, creating just a temporal anomaly by meta upon meta, imploding them on its. Upon How itself. incredible would it be if, like, in all in all seriousness, the third Spider-Man movie has or multiverse of madness whichever one you want because spider-man's gonna be in there joel McHale needs to make uh, a cameo as a bank teller it needs to fucking happen he hasn't <laughs> been in any of the mc mcu movies yet it would be perfect it would be perfect what is, i is, no, sure but what i was gonna say is what if what if they while looking through whatever lens they're gonna be looking through to peer into different universes uh, they're looking through the different times that Spider-Man's existed, and <laughs> for a second, we get Troy Barnes as as dressed in Spider-Man pajamas, and, Wait, and Tom Holland as Peter Parker's like, who's that? And Doctor Strange is like, don't worry, it's not important. And uh, <laughs> Tom Holland's like, but it's not important? And <laughs> and then Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, has to be like, actually... This little hole of the of existence is why everything exists, but we can't focus on it, and then they just move on. <laughs> All right, now give me. But Thomas Love just... was already in the MCU. That's true, as Uncle Aaron. So again, the oh fucking, shit, as yeah. the fucking. <laughs> so, Mahersh- uh, wait, so then Mahershala Ali and Donald Glover do the famous. Wait, you're you, and I'm you, but instead of it's Spider Man's, 
It's just prowlers. It's two prowlers. Now, okay, hear me out. Hear me out here. If we're going to do this, if we're going to do this, um, do you remember that scene? I guess I'm just talking to Caleb. Caleb, do you remember that scene in Rise of Skywalker where Ford, well where, where... I realize why you're just talking to me, and it's deeply funny. Go yeah. on. Rise of Skywalker, where for no reason, Maz Kanata hands Chewbacca a medal. See, who the fuck is that? Uh, what? Uh, uh, Jace, that's why I hate it. Jace, I'm theaters, and I have no idea what you're referring to. Your dads are talking. Your dads are talking. All I'm saying is that Cats and uh, Rise of Skywalker were released on exactly the same day, and uh, I know which one was the better movie. Um, so remember that where Maz Kanata hands Chewbacca a medal just because fans have made that a thing for years now right where it's like chewbacca didn't get his medal at the end of new hope you know that caleb yeah. i assume yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have joel McHale go up to actor rosemary harris who of course played aunt may in sam raimi's spider-man trilogy she's still kicking 93 years young Damn. and after all these years he finally hands her her toaster that she wanted from the bank in Spider-Man 2. Wait, hold on. You can't... But you do realize what that... He finally gives For her all the my toaster. Days in the audience, Fans have been you waiting. You know what I'm about to Fans say. Fans have been clamoring. I just... For the, it's... Okay, but, like, do y'all understand, like, the toaster reference in, like, gay culture? Ellen no. DeGeneres, the toaster? No. Okay. Damn. Wow. Damn. Am I gonna learn something? Yeah, let me just... So Ellen DeGeneres, you know, famous gay, if you will. Uh, one of the more famous gays. One of the more famous gays. Uh, let A me gateway just... gay, you know, where it makes Republican moms okay with gays. You know what I mean? Uh, a will and grace san- gay. A very sanitized... Right. A very sanitized, safe gay. It's a gateway gay, and then it leads you to deeper gays. So, essentially, the joke is, and it came from Ellen, the you know, the the Ellen DeGeneres, that show that she did. It's, it's called The Puppy Episode. Essentially, it, uh... <laughs> You're talking about, like, the Ellen show? Like, her sitcom? Ellen? Yes. Or, okay, like, that okay. first sitcom where it was like, oh my god, gays on Yeah, Instagram where she TV. came out on um, the show, yeah. Right, exactly. In lesbian terms, right? Um, okay. You get a toaster oven if you uh, <laughs> if you sleep with a straight woman. Basically, if you turn a straight girl, you get a toaster oven, and that's like a slang thing within the community. So, just the second you said, "Oh, it makes a toaster oven," I didn't think of it in terms. Well, of the y'all are gonna come after me. Hold the fucking phone. Y'all are going to come after me for Star Wars having some bullshit backstory, uh-huh. and that's a thing that happens in real life? Okay. Yeah. What Not, the fuck? Okay, us lesbians don't actually give each other fucking toasters when we turn someone. And people don't actually have the force. <laughs> but I get made fun <laughs> of. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, uh, that's no. Yeah, Caleb, you understand. <laughs> no, it's see, uh, you've grasped it. Just making that's how, sure that's how that I have yes. the ledger is straightened out before we carry <laughs> yeah. on. Those, those are the rules. Yeah, that's I can only... <laughs> You got it. So uh, no, you, you understand. Good. That's fine. Good. Now I know exactly how much bullshit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Get well. a toaster oven. Well, we all saw uh, Spider Verse uh, where Aunt May and uh, Doc Ock definitely. Expansive fun. and confusing. Yeah. 
No, I'm just saying I know exactly how much bullshit I have to put up with from y'all now yeah. <laughs> because Correct. we we've we've established these are there is there is uh, there is a limit on this thing. There is precedent. The court acknowledges. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> toasters do exist in this universe. Toasters exist in this universe. Uh, the court episode of Community is next week, uh, but uh, for now, <laughs> first episode on our docket, uh, season three, episode fifteen. Cruisin', uh, Origins of Vampire Mythology, directed by Stephen Tushita, uh, written by Dan Harmon, one of the rare Dan Harmon credits on wow. uh, on the television show community. We all we know he rewrites every episode, but it's weird when he gets a credit. It's very rare. Right. Um, it's like this horror fiction in seven spooky steps. Um, and then he gets, he's a co-writer on the next two season premieres, but it's just, it's interesting when he gets, uh, that's the kind of thing that I think is interesting. (laughs) I can't, I can't confirm it's interesting to anybody else. Um, in this episode, uh, a carnival comes to town and with it, one of, uh, Britta's exes named Blade that she was obsessed with. Uh, mm-hmm. so she hides out in, uh, with Troy, Nabed, and Annie, and the Dean stops by, um, and at the same time, Jeff and Shirley go to the carnival to find out everything they can about this Blade person. Now, I did do a Twitter poll related to this episode, oh, um, asking yeah. our, our listeners a sort of, um, I guess it's kind of a would you rather, but there's only one option, so it's like would you or wouldn't you? Um, would you <laughs> um, remove the part of your brain that feels shame vis-a-vis Britta's lover, Blade? No. Um, everyone would always seek your approval, but you would work the rest of your life at a carnival. No. So Jay says no. Caleb, would you remove shame? I think mm, it's tough. I'm not sure. I don't know why I wouldn't, but I just know that I wouldn't. I I envy this man's level of zen. I feel like I care too much about developing. But see, the thing thing that I have, knowing who I am, right, and that, like, this isn't going to, like, start your life over, but have no shame. It's from right now, remove your shame. That's just going to mean, like, I dance at parties. You don't feel self-conscious in social or public situations. Yes, exactly. This just means my self-consciousness goes away, which means that, like, I probably am more okay with who I am as a person instead of being the, like, constantly anxious and, like, always worrying, like, you're not good enough, you're not... I would just be like, no, I'm okay. So, like, that sounds great. And now, in the in the instances but where it turns into, the like... the same thing as anxiety, though? Because I feel like it's possible to have, uh, like... By to the, be able to kind of remove that... I don't know. Kevin, what's your take? Because I, I hear that and that, I'm like, that, I go out and I dance... By the impetus of this episode, I'm taking Blade as the example of what a person acts and behaves like when their shame has been removed. That is what the show posits someone would be if they had no shame. They would feel no anger for working at a carnival for their entire life. Not that that's a shameful career, but, you know, sometimes people feel trapped in by their jobs that are not quote-unquote dream jobs, right? Um, And that he would um, never try to seek your approval but he makes other people want to impress him because he is never impressed um the it's the same way that like the movie it's not exactly how it would be if you're like shame like the literal like part of your brain that feels shame were removed um 
because it would come with like all these unintended side effects in the same way that like people that can't feel pain also never know when they have to pee. You know what I mean? Um, they don't know when their hands on fire or they just right. cut their thumb off. Um, they never learn those processes the, the way people do when they feel things in the same way that like the movie liar, liar posits not lying as always speaking the truth, which is not necessarily always thinking whatever's on your mind. Um, which is not necessarily how I would interpret lying, but we, I'm taking Blade as the example of what it would be like if you didn't feel shame. You would essentially become Blade with your personality grafted onto him. I would consider it. I don't, I don't want know that. I don't want that. Which way I came down. Our listeners, or uh, the people of Twitter. Yeah, what did they, how did they vote? 43.1% said yes. Said yes, I That's would remove the part of my brain. Closer to fifty than I would have. How, how many votes? Fifty-eight. Not a not an overwhelming, okay. but like I think that's a fairly a small decent sample, sample size. size. But still, like, still surprising <laughs> results. Wow, they were, they were just full of intrigue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's still not yeah over. fraud at the polls. It's still fraud not at the polls. It's still not fucking uh -huh. over. It's still not a. Yeah. Pardon the crinkling. I'm just like shoving truffles in my face. Now you gotta do forever, what you gotta do. I will you gotta do what you gotta do to feel good about yourself, you know? <laughs> so that you don't feel shame. I will yeah. the presidency of Trump the crinkling. The crinkling. <laughs> I apologize for the crinkling. the crinkling. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to see how people would no, come No, that is down. interesting. Because thank every time I... Thank you. Uh, every time I watch this episode, I do wonder, I'm like... Oh, would I, in like a Twilight Zone scenario, would I allow myself to no longer feel shame? Because I think four years ago, the answer would have been an unequivocal yes. Like, when I was too nervous to like <laughs> dance at concerts because I was worried people were looking at me, which makes no sense, no but sense. it was like, right. but it was how... But that's a real fear. In a yeah. Midwestern environment where like, you can never have your own business because everyone... Well, oh, you know, the example of this that I uh, uh, use is that when I moved to New York, the greatest thing that happened is I realized that no one gave a shit whether I lived or died. Like, no one on the street would pay you any notice unless you were doing the most bizarre thing. And even, and even then, then, they look at you just for a right second and they go, right. not my business, and walk right. away. <laughs> and there was this one time where I, like, bought an office chair at an office supply store that was, like, not close to my apartment so i'd like drag it the whole way back and just i was tell me thinking, you brought it on the subway uh no i just dragged it down like the sidewalk but oh, okay. in in the mid and i passed many people and in the yeah. midwest no one would let you do that without asking like well where are you going why didn't you use a car you know like all these different questions in new york they just move out of your way and everyone goes about their business and that was the best thing that ever happened for my <laughs> personal feelings of shame or my personal I feelings. I love New of, York. <laughs> I love New York. Thanks, New York. Um, it's wild. It is definitely. I mean, to, for a more like personal connection to that, like first of first of all, that's super real. You're moving shit down the, the sidewalk. People just get out the way. They're like, I'm not gonna gives question a fuck. it. They, go, they have cares. a thing. It needs to be somewhere else. They're moving it. Period. Right. Yeah. For me, being able to wear whatever I wanted to wear. Uh, basically, like it's still. You know, I still get scared sometimes. Obviously, but depending on where I am in New York, right. Put on massive heels and like, just like a really gender fucky outfit, and just walk. Nobody gives a shit. You nobody feel cares. so powerful because nobody 
cares. Nobody's nobody cares? questioning you. Nobody's acting like they know better than you. They're just existing in the similar, not even, excuse me, I get hiccups when I get excited. Not even existing in the same space as you, existing in similar space as you. It's really, really cool. My question though, because if I recall correctly, there's a bit about mustard in this episode with Blade. Is that correct? The, it's, um, he, you know, they question, Jeff and Shirley ask him why his name is Blade. And he's like, I don't know, my parents named me Blade. Uh, and he's like, nothing I can really do about it. Wouldn't change the way mustard tastes. And they're like, well, you could change your name. And he's like, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Why not? Uh, way my name is Blade. Gotcha. Okay. Because yeah. for some reason, I... Speaking of Easter eggs, it's like, you know, you know, how, and you were talking earlier that sometimes, like, as fans, we like to force Easter eggs that aren't actually Easter eggs. Yes. I just immediately. <laughs> yes. Uh, just the idea of Britta getting mustard on her face and the right. shame that that mustard provides in the Meow Meow Beans episodes juxtaposed against him being like, I don't know, fucking mustard's mustard is just like it's a fun. It's a fun. And, tie. And, also, it and, also, it's a fun tie. and also. And uh, also. John Oliver rubbing mustard all over his face to get attention. Yeah. Oh, in when the he... in the party in the season in one the Pascal's, finale. Pascal's love yeah. triangle. I love mustard as oh, a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, mustard as mustard a utility. Mustard as a metaphor. Mustard, wow, as a metaphor. Right um, mustard as a utility for comedy because mustard has this vibrant yellow comedy coloring but i feel like it's not it doesn't come up a lot you see a lot more mayo when it comes to comedy well, um, mayo is disgusting in large most, quantities because Ketchup comedy is written is by men. yeah because comedy is written by men and it looks like cum um but yeah. um but mustard has this nice vibrant i i'm it doesn't it it um <laughs> kevin you go to a doctor good <laughs> go over on the same brand um but uh yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, mustard is a comedy utility. Mustard is metaphor. I think there's something here. Uh, I'm going to write a fucking if book anything, called Mustard as Metaphor. Mustard as Metaphor is yeah. just kind of... And what's nice is if you do actually write that book, Mustard as a Metaphor, you will also be able to sell it in Christian bookstores. Because oh. they love using mustard as a metaphor. Do they really? Faith is like a mustard seed, my friend. Uh, yes, I, faith is like a mustard seed. I do seed. not understand any of this reference. Oh, okay. Well, mustard seeds are astronomically tiny, and mustard trees are huge. Yeah. So, so it's like a mustard seed. You plant something small, and it grows large, like Jesus. Right. And because, yeah. Jesus is well, large, or Jesus is a mustard seed? Grows I'm wide like your, your, okay, so your faith is small, like a mustard seed. You but if know. you plant it, if you tend to it, if you water it, it can grow into something great and large and... and uh, not mighty, but you and get what good I mean. for hot dogs in Chicago. Yeah, and delicious. Hot dogs. <laughs> uh, the my much preferred hot dog topping to to ketchup. Uh, I love a mustard. I'm mustard. honestly, I don't like ketchup. Is that weird? I don't. No, I also not. It into is. It. it is. It is. You know what I think of when I see ketchup? You know how in every dystopian uh, sci-fi movie or anything like that, there's always some sort of fucking goop that they put onto your plate and people just eat it without questioning it? That's what ketchup is in real life. It is sugar, chemicals, and red coloring. It is disgusting. Tell me that came from a tomato. I will look you dead in the eye and call you a fucking liar. <laughs> just because, just because the only ketchup we've ever tried is Heinz ketchup doesn't mean no, all ketchup bullshit. Natu- even the homemade shit, I'm like, that is fucked up. That is, I mean, the homemade stuff's like, 
I it just it doesn't it's just no. I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do you like barbecue sauce? Barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce is entirely different. But if no, you're it is not. Barbecue sauce is ketchup with a lot more sugar. Homie, it's not that. It's not that different. You're talking about prepackaged, put into a fucking supermarket barbecue sauce. When meanwhile, there's like. So you're talking about supermarket ketchup. Yes. Yeah, but ketchup exists almost exclusively in that form. No, it does not. It doesn't. Ketchup doesn't exist exclusively in a Heinz bottle any more than barbecue There's sauce no such exists. Thing as ketchup culture. There's such thing as barbecue culture. People coming up with their own barbecue sauce. Are you are you willing right now on a podcast about a, a niche ass podcast about a specific what are you sitcom? Are you willing to say now for the record? That you think nowhere on this planet there's ketchup culture, <laughs> because I can guarantee you we can find it. Okay, hold on. We, in order for me to adequately respond to this, we need to address what you mean by culture, and that is far too large. You're the one that said it. You're the one that said it, so you gotta define it. Culture, not, not in the sense of like, like, like I'm gonna take a gallon of ketchup, put it in my bathtub, and take a bath in ketchup, because that's technically what ketchup culture is on the internet. I'm talking about culinary food culture, where there are different regions that do. Ke- do barbecue sauce in different ways and there's competitions around who's got the best bar that doesn't exist for ketchup dude ketchup came from vietnamese fish sauce yes it does yes okay. it absolutely does the, there is deep down grassroots ketchup culture that's about the origins of fish yes sauce? yes yes well i love fish sauce <laughs> it comes from it comes from a chinese word from like for like ketchup or something like that that's how we call that's why we call it ketchup that sounds Okay. It's got origins that are legit, and like barbecue okay. sauce comes from ketchup, sriracha comes from ketchup, gochujang comes from ketchup, like all of whoa, these things. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you know what? Fair. I shall concede ketchup does exist in a realm outside of what I am referring to right. as ketchup. If I can accomplish anything today, it's not going to be convincing y'all that Star Wars is worth watching. It's that ketchup, <laughs> ketchup is has bullshit. <laughs> yes, let me, uh, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will broker a piece here. <laughs> In America only, mm-hmm. barbecue sauce has culture. These are facts. The rest of, the metric system rest of the world, ketchup <laughs> has culture. Yeah. Are, In okay. your yeah. capitalist United States, right? It is a dystopian fucking goo. Ketchup exists. Yes. Yeah. In America, ketchup is wrong. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Great. Now that we've now that we brokered that, I really like this oh, Jeff plotline. This is one of my favorite Jeff plotlines. It's very small. It's not like a, a deep character study, but Jeff, the you know to quote Abed, who has one of the the most fragile ego in the group, um, who who just a few weeks ago, like had his ego apple explode. He's sort of seeing blade as this, like a uh, uh, figure to, to desire to become an aspirational figure was what I was searching for is not even so I can woo Britta though. That might very well be an element of it. Um, but as like an aspirational, I don't want to feel so insecure all the time. I don't want to call phone sex lines and tell them I'm overweight. I don't want to feel the need to be a chiseled specimen in order to Mm -hmm. receive love. That, like, he sees Blade as this human mirror uh, that that he wants a puzzle to figure out. That is a 
fascinating little bit of character study. And I, I love that they give him Shirley as his, like, compatriot in this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that Shirley is, like, his Virgil. <laughs> like, they're going through... Right. Uh, <laughs> the Inferno. Like they're in his, his several circles of hell, and she's walking him through all the stages of, like, denial and also circles of hell at the same time. I like it very much. That is very good. I think it's... I think Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I totally liken it more similarly to when he shows up at... Um, I can't remember his name. The doctor at his Rich. place. Rich. Rich's apartment. Rich. Rich's apartment where you think he's going to go one place. He shows up at Rich's apartment. He's like, teach me, right? Yeah, we think he's that's running to what... Annie and he runs to Rich. Right. And that's Thank kind God. of, this is like this version of that, right? And like, I also think because we've been exploring the Annie and Jeff relationship a bit more at this point in this series, right? I think the Britta and Jeff is kind of like an undertone of like, just they are for each other they're like when you're in a desperate place you turn to this person that is their function now but as far as a relationship in the show it's much more jeff and uh and annie focused so for this this is a personal like when you're in an extreme place moment for jeff and i think i think what you said is super accurate kevin this is like it reminds me of you know rich you know and that just like i just want i just want to be happy a very different character but the same uh, and i also feel this to a certain extent i think i'm a little less obsessive about it than jeff but like this way of like okay this person kind of seems to have their own thing figured out not can i become blade or can i become rich but can i kevin take some elements of blade or rich to round myself out a little bit you know what i mean can i can i fill in my own gaps and learn good lessons from these people rather than can I can I become Blade or Rich or mm-hmm. Jeff. I took elements of Jeff and adapted them into my personality, mostly just the, the jibber-jabber, but um, the the same idea is there. Not I mean? Oh my God, we're getting... No, the sky, I'm outlawing back and forth messages about barbecue sauce in the Skype chat. We won't. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> the barbecue sauce is done. I broke her to peace. You each got half the baby, okay? <laughs> we had to make our closing statements without Fine. involving anybody who was watching. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I get weekends, Caleb. I get weekends. <laughs> That's fine. Wait, you get the for you get them for the weekend? Yeah. Because that means my weekends are free. Cool. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> I got it. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but Caleb, that doesn't mean you have to get them up and pick them up from school. Work at the same barbecue time. sauce. You have to get barbecue sauce home from school. Um, anyway, I'm glad I glad I opened up myself while you chuckle fucks, you jamooks were talking about fucking barbecue saucy chat. Glad. Glad See, I put that I was, out there. I had sent that message minutes ago, so I was listening to what you were currently saying. I only just you then diving into the chat just completely dumped what you'd said. Um, out of the importance and brought this back up until night. So that's, you know. No, someone else talk. I'm done. <laughs> I really desperately want to know what Troy sent to Britta. We want to see that note. I think it's better. It's like the when when she whispers into his ear at the end of Lost in Translation. Like it's better that we never. Yeah, no, sure. it's more powerful that we so never. Fundamentally, hear it. does a really great job of setting up like the notion that Troy and Britta might 
have some sort of connection there because it shows fundamentally even without understanding it there is an emotional understanding that the two of them have with each other and their communication styles work when applied properly which we yeah we're also in the negative we're also uh on the downward spin for troy's existence on this show and so like i think it's logical to then assume that troy has changed and is changing into the person that's going to decide shortly that like he should actually take a trip around the world because he does want to do something with his life and so i think that's if we go back to um, one of our episodes in the top three, uh, right? The the episode where he turns twenty one, and you realize that yes, like indeed. he's the most adult of the group yes. that entire night. I think that Troy is, uh, and maybe part of the reason why I feel like I relate to him more is that Troy's like more mature than he puts on, and he puts on immaturity so that people don't ask him to have responsibility, mm-hmm. which like I get. But, like, he has these moments where he's like, it's not that hard. Just do this. And everyone's like, huh. Like, he solves the pen crisis. He solves the the going out and drinking crisis. He solves this. Like, he's in an- there. He just doesn't want to. It's literally the argument that, that Troy and Jeff have at the end of season two in the paintball episode where he's stepping up. And Jeff's like, I don't step up. I just let it get thrust upon me or whatever. Is what Troy is. It's literally Troy's and Jeff's mentalities. Is that Jeff will be like, "All right, I'll do it," and instead Troy is like, "I'm gonna do this because no one else is doing it." Right. Right. Uh, and they kind of like, I don't know. It feels like they are the same in some ways, but they're also very different approaches to solving problems in other ways. That seems right. like an interesting kind of relation to. I'm immediately thinking of the wedding episode and how like <clears throat> they t- Troy and Ava took it upon themselves to like be more mature act serious and troy has a fundamental bridge between that childlike wonder that he's able to possess and the maturity that he has but doesn't flaunt in his in his ability to be able to go wait he looks at the monkey which you know is of course a great way to pull him out of it but still looks at the monkey and goes we need to okay we don't need to do this anymore let's stop doing this because it's actually not helpful for anybody yeah and it's also the realization that like we're weird yeah and if mm-hmm. we're not being weird that's weirder than we are yeah and like then who that's are a we really anymore? fucking meta thought to like hit you and be like oh shit us not being weird is weirder than us just being us because everyone expects us to be weird it reminds me of fucking uh jack sparrow and being like you can always count on either you can't trust an honest person right you can always count on the liar to lie, but if it's the honest ones dishonest. never know when they're going to fuck up and do something dishonest. You can always count on, you know, the weird person being weird. So it's not weird. But as soon as they start acting normal, <laughs> it's a fucking problem. My dinner with Andre is exactly that fucking instance. As soon as the weirdo starts getting straight laced, you're like, you're like, what is going on? Are you I okay? Be concerned for my How life? Can we help? Right. Yes. This this <laughs> cannot exist. Um, and in the, uh, I, I like, um, there are this attention to like Troy's emotional acuity, right? Cause he, Troy is dumb, but I, he's also very hey. tender and no, he's dumb. He, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, 
He's <laughs> tough. He's I think that is, but it's still that's not nice. Dumb. That's beyond reproach. Um, Troy's dumb like your dog's dumb. Like you, hey right. dummy. No. Like it's an affectionate dumb. But, but you're it hurts when you call. So, when you okay, but you're telling me that if someone went up to your dog, you would. You're so dumb. You wouldn't a little bit be offended. You wouldn't be no, like. Dogs no, are dumb. Not slightly. <laughs> All no. right. So, I walk up um, to my. I used to walk up to my daughter when she was arguably still dumb and be like, sup, dummy? And, like, not feel bad about it because she couldn't say words. She did what? Right. Yeah, babies are dumb. What? Like, that's... You're objectively like, dumb. If I left you alone... And you call her dummy. Yeah. Nah. Yes. Baby, babies my, are dumb. My nine-month-old daughter took her first... Not her first steps. I wasn't exactly there in that moment when I, when I did this. But she took... In the first few months of her walking, <laughs> once walked up to me while I was laying on the couch and got her face right in front of my face. And I said, oh, what's up, dummy? And, like, uh. I meant every <laughs> syllable of it. Yeah. Kids don't. Oh, oh. But uh, oh. in the same way that your dog, despite being dumb, knows when it needs to, like, lay its head on your lap. Troy has this great emotional uh, sensitivity, right? We saw it with Annie at the end of his birthday episode. Um, Like, he he is the best with Abed. And Abed is, like, as we see in the end tags of one of these episodes, like, he's very delicate. Like, you mess with something, and it's going to throw his whole equilibrium out of back. Troy knows exactly how to, like, handle and and manage that. Um, And, and, uh the same way that like he knows emotionally exactly how Britta will react to his tender message. It's also why despite, you know, some attraction, some chemistry, that couple's never going to work. That there is no longevity for Troy and Britta, a, a relationship I have pretty like mixed feelings about. Not I'm as very glad like, it stays understandably. very short. It's very short it's not very deep. We don't really like it doesn't my problem with the relationship is what earnestly season is that relationship in that's season four. Um, well, there you go. Right. It's my problem with <laughs> it is that it doesn't tell us anything new about either of these characters. Right. If you're going to enter two television characters into a relationship, it, it should, should be further in, the development of those characters, uh, further those developments and teach us something new about them. Because mm-hmm. at the point, at this point in the show, we'd never seen either of these characters in a long-term relationship and we don't learn anything new about either one of them. Uh, and that, that is ultimately my, despite the fact that it lasts 12 episodes, you know? So that's, that's kind of my, kind of my issue there. Um, but it's, it's the same reason this it's, it's not built to last. It, it, he is too tender. She is a little too outwardly sharp or at least doesn't respond well to tenderness. So it's, it's yeah. just, it's, it's built to fail. Such a sweet boy. Yeah. It's a sweet boy. They're both great characters. They're both, I think good human beings on the whole, but it's just, sure, they all there's go a, to Greendale. Yeah. Right. But there's a fundamental <laughs> flaw at the core of this that it, ju- it just won't last. It mm-hmm. can't, but we, we can't do it. but this episode is interesting. This plot is interesting. Uh, this this junky <laughs> locker in the room and chain her to the radiator plot with Britta. <laughs> anyway. It's an interesting way that they also managed to tie in um, the little bit we get about Annie's addiction and how I... she relates to her methods with that. I can't really speak towards how effective it is in representing that community per uh-huh. se, but uh, it's definitely a fascinating device that they managed to pull out of that previously mentioned um 
character bit, you know? Keeping that bit of her character never dominant, but all but like ever present. It's but always once, sort of once there, a season but not really. it kinda comes up again. You know, mm-hmm. it's how mm-hmm. she recognizes Alan in accounting for lawyers. It's it's it, you know, every so often. God it's that like, bit with the notebook and she- Doing charades, yeah. Just grabs the note. Alan got Jeff disbarred. Uh, yeah, good bit, excellent bit. <laughs> let's let's segue into the second episode here, uh, which is uh, I think deeply interesting. Um, season three, episode sixteen, virtual systems analysis, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Matt Murray. Uh, in this episode, Annie joins Abed in the dreamatorium. Um, and after breaking Abed's brain, they run an elaborate series of scenarios about what could potentially happen with the study group. Is that how you would describe this episode? It's so difficult to put a rope around the plot of this episode. I'm not even going to lie to you. I like, I like, since I haven't, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it today. I'm, like, very hazy as to what specifically, like, happens. Like, I know what happens, but, like, Mm -hmm. as far as breaking down fundamentally, what is this episode about? I'm like, it's chaos in the Dreamatorium. It's... I love it. It's Abed and Annie searching for self-realization, or trying to put realization on the other person and eventually finding self-realization and and through that they hit a cooperation like that is the story we're trying to do here while jumping infinite perspectives and doing a hospital school drama um <laughs> right yeah it's because i think i'm on a train um it's it's it, it's just like this was the one when we had neil goldman on this was the episode that he was like i don't i don't fucking understand this episode <laughs> <laughs> I never feel lost when I'm watching it. Like, I do always understand who is in what body and what is happening. It's it just... tracks. You can definitely track the characters. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard okay. to put a pin on exact. This is, I think, the weirdest episode of Community. Just on a, like, I Not cannot Not including believe... gas leak strangeness. Like, fundamentally like the this e- is like weirder the essence than of any. the episode yeah. right the, yeah this is the weirdest thing to ever air on nbc the national broadcasting corporation this <laughs> is so fucking unwieldy this could only happen when nbc has already decided like all right dan Harmon is out <laughs> we're we're fine he can finish his little season and do whatever he wants because next year we're rebooting <laughs> next year we're starting over um so fine he can do this absolutely unhinged episode set entirely in two characters imagination (laughs) they can do a holodeck episode from star trek the next generation (laughs) fine fine it's fun though i mean this is like it it definitely feels like yeah dan Harmon's just being like i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want to this seems fucking fun so i'm gonna do it it also feels like it's a little bit of Dan Harmon being like, I mean, we're what two and a half years into this show at this point, so like, it feels like this is Dan Harmon being like, stop shipping these people. That's not what this show's about. <laughs> yeah, so you want to see Troy and Britta on a date? It's gonna be fucking weird. You want to see Annie and Abed in a room together? It's gonna get fucked up. I this... <laughs> so 
this, I was trying I was trying to save the Jeff and Annie conversation kind of for later on, but we have stumbled upon it. In <laughs> this there. episode, Annie herself, good Star Wars reference, Annie herself says... See, I didn't even get it. God damn it. <laughs> she says, I don't actually like Jeff. I like the idea of being loved and changing Jeff into someone who can love me. But... That's not going to happen. <laughs> and is yeah. it how you should do love? No, don't don't not at yeah. all. Yeah, like, no, first that's rule the... is like don't don't try and change someone. Yeah, we've talked because, about this like... before too. Like this isn't the first time we've seen Annie try to change people. She did it in her horror story. She did it mm-hmm. after she kissed Jeff in the beginning of season two and she's like trying to make him acknowledge her. Now we see it here, like that's, and then we see it um, in season four, and I'm, you know, gas leak season or whatever. But like, we see that when they're at the fucking Inspector Space Time Con. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Annie as a control Shh. freak, it makes sense that that's her mo with relationships. But right. fundamentally speaking, we also understand that that is kind of her character flaw is that exact thing, that desire right, right. that she holds. Right. right. There's this um there's this exceptional moment in the second to last episode of this show at Garrett's wedding where Annie is talking about how she's going to like go around and fix everything at the wedding and fix all of her friends and Frankie says like, "Okay, we need to get you away from Jeff. <laughs> we need to like we need to corral you over here." <laughs> um, which is one of 10,000 reasons why Frankie Dart is one of my favorite characters. Um yes. Uh, and she also has that... Okay, no, I can't get on Frankie right now. <laughs> Just about to go down into the whole... Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I will have 13 episodes to talk about Frankie. Um, but we are... I don't know. There's Because this season, season three, is the first time we've really addressed the Jeff and Annie of it all head on. Because um, there's like... They kiss in the I know that episode. that's a reference to the show, but every time you say the Jeff and Annie of it all, I get a visceral like shudder. Yeah, you just uh, throw up a little bit in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know they kiss in the debate episode, but that's like a plot point, and then they kiss again in the finale in an episode the three of us do not like, where everyone is acting grossly out of character. Then. You know, it comes up, like, kind of in the conspiracy theory episode, but not really. They cut, like, there's one moment where Jeff falls on her, but it's not like a romantic plot. It's just like a beat. Um, And then, but season three, really early on, like, hits Jeff and Annie really hard. And then has slowly kind of pulled pump the brakes on that. And And we've pulled back from that relationship dynamic. But I don't understand, and this is just me talking, how someone could watch the horror fiction episode where Annie's fantasy is to change Jeff at the disparagement of her friend Britta, (laughs) where you could watch this episode where Annie herself says she doesn't actually love Jeff, she loves an idea of Jeff that isn't real, and how you could watch the series finale where, like, Jeff where a Jeff's version of Annie says like, is this really like what you want? Like, is this who you are? You and me and a kid, uh, like 
how you can watch all of these elements and still, like, yell at me on Twitter about how this is the greatest love story in the history of television. Nope, you're wrong. <laughs> I, my suggestion would be watch more television. I can, <laughs> I can off the dome. Yo, here's the weird thing, right? We've already expressed ones. our distaste for How I Met Your Mother, right? Yeah, but you still love it. Cl- aged like milk, yes. Right, but even st- I would say that the relationship. This might be actually like a really like contested statement. The relationship between Ted and robin okay is a much better relationship than jeff and annie will ever be oh and it has 110 percent toxicity 110 percent. i just don't get it i don't get it mm-hmm. but that you know what you know what the honestly you know what my i'm gonna say it i have officially realized without a doubt my perfect pairing <clears throat> for uh the jeff winger relationship and it is 100% obviously the Dean. Oh, you're Jeff Dean. Okay. There. Yeah. Well, oh, Gene Dinger. Uh, Gene Pinger. Gene Pinger. Uh, that sounds like really. Yeah, Gene, Gene Pinger. <laughs> uh, Caleb takes umbrage with the Jeff Dean title for that relationship simply because his name is not Dean. Uh, but you're right. I, I kind of like i mean my ultimate pairing is jeff slater but that went out the yes. window like a yes. long time ago yes. so jeff slater um, is a bummer but i don't think jeff deserves her that's a good point actually she's she's <laughs> capricious hold on hold on no she's capricious and dumps him because she gets scared and then dates a guy that looks just like him they perfectly deserve each other she's bound <laughs> to find someone that looks like jeff and jeff is bound to find someone who tells him what to do because he doesn't like doing it. Sure. I, Which is also why I think Jeff and and, and, and Frankie can be a thing. I, I just, was thinking oh. you were building up to that. I was thinking <laughs> you were building up to that. Kev sees right through me. I, <laughs> again, I like it. I like I like it because they're a little more similar. They're on the I same like sort it. of wavelength. Yeah, um, did, we, did we talk about this actually? We did we already do this? We like like Jeff and have. Jeff and Frankie would be the couple that goes and gets wine and watches a cheap movie at home. Yeah, because exactly. Yeah, you would want nothing more than to be invited to their holiday parties, right? Like the only thing you want in the world is for Jeff and Frankie to invite you over for fucking cheese plates. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's that's all you want. But they put the cute in charcuterie. Uh, but they like okay. But like Frankie like made the charcuterie. I that's would just like, rather have. Wait. Also, isn't Frankie's sexual orientation always something that's been like we don't know throughout yes. the whole show? They she's specifically. Gay. I she's we gay. okay. She's gay. Um, because that well in my head canon she's gay because she's too good for any straight man. I agree with you. I still claim her for the buys. Uh, that is um, that's the buys are not the straights. This is true. I claim her. For also, the also Jeff is not straight. Right, wow. Jeff's not straight. Jeff Dean. No one on this show is. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Jeff Dean. The only member uh, who sits at that table who might be fully straight is Pierce, and even that, I, do, I don't. No, I don't he's buy not. It. Straight. No, he's that's not. No. I think trauma. Pierce in the seventies tried some stuff. I think. I think. <laughs> I. Uh, I think a young Pierce author and tried some stuff. Uh, Hickey is asexual, um, and no one else is straight. Thank you uh, for coming to my TED talk. Surely uh, no one else straight. Surely straight. No, Shirley ignores no. the part of herself that is not straight. You don't think Shirley's straight? I don't. 
There's a moment in the show where Jeff says, there's nothing about this group that means that somebody couldn't be another person's partner. And they all look around the table, and Shirley shares a glance with Britta that's not, not. What episode is this? I need to watch this back. It's the, <laughs> it's the episode where they real. I don't remember what they're arguing over, but it's when Jeff's like, I realize that this group isn't a family because there's nothing stopping from anybody in this group from getting with anybody else in this group. And then there's right. like this six second moment as faces look around the table at each other. And um, that's it when is you know in... got a... Yeah. It is in uh, J- Jace's oft-forgotten episode, Romantic Expressionism. <laughs> no <way>. um, <laughs> is it really in that it episode? Is. It is. It is in the episode <laughs> where Jeff and Britta try to convince Troy cannot... to get with Annie. It's in the episode um, you can't I remember. <laughs> cannot ever... Once I'm reminded of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 the whole picnic thing. That's it. Different <laughs> Might episode. as well be Star Wars because it has no space in my brain. <laughs> uh, Jace, that wasn't even the right episode. Um... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> what? I was going to let it go, but I saw Kev just waiting. That wasn't uh, even the right episode. Finish. Wait till they finish. Okay, now. The right by the way. Uh, by the way. <laughs> Wrong um, it is in, uh, I believe, uh, Abed refers to them as being is as incestuous as the cast of the Brady Bunch, right? And they all they all look around the table. Um, it's it's a good bit, um, but yeah, no one who sits at that table is fully straight. Anyway, I'm trying to think of a straight. Is there a straight character in the show? At Greendale, no. Shirley is a straight character. She literally gets married to the same man that she broke up with. If that is not peak straight culture i don't know what the fuck is <laughs> wait is getting back together with an ex a, a straight exclusive no no Kids, no when you break down jokes by logic they're not funny anymore <laughs> that actually checks out sorry for some reason this episode i've been coming after everything jace says and it's not intentional i don't First know why it's happening catch up vendetta trying to Tell me I'm fucking Star wrong. Catch up in straight relationships. Just nuking no, everything you, just you went after everything the I have a personal S's. vendetta against. <laughs> Star Wars straight people and catch For up. What it's worth, Jace. It's nothing personal. I'm a dad and I have to mediate every polarizing viewpoint. <laughs> that, is is that, that is fair. That is fair. That is fair. No, I have just uh, it's it's more so a reference on a lot of uh, just like toxic uh, compulsive heteros. If you want to break it down on a, like a mental, like oh, oh yeah, and you will know you will find no defense uh, uh, in this being for toxic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does that None mean that, that is that you know compulsive heterosexuality is like just like a motherfucker? Does that mean that gay people don't get back with their exes? Yeah, they do it all the fucking time. Come we're on, messy or horny, right? But like, well, not all of us, you know. But remarrying uh, your but like, baby daddy who cheated on like, you with many women feels like right. straight culture. You know, be yeah. it like forgiving a forgiving a straight man for doing shitty shitty things. Forgiving a straight oh. man is straight culture. Forgiving <laughs> <laughs> a straight man, like that's some straight shit. That is some combat <laughs> nonsense. What's funny is it's actually church, it's actually just church shit, but that doesn't disqualify it from being straight. I don't. Shit. I uh, without getting too far into it because I could write a whole dissertation. I don't <laughs> necessarily distinguish um, church culture, church culture and straight culture, culture sexuality. No, I yeah, do. No, you should. That, that was my point. Of the, yeah. of the relationship is just as much a religious. Um, it's you know they're they're the sexual conquistadors. You know, I mean, like that's. Ugh. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ugh, God, what a terrible fucking... Yeah, yeah. Sexual Conquistadors, that's actually a great name for a punk band. I'm going to steal that. 100%. Yeah, uh, the it's got to, so much negative. Oh forgive me, it's the sexual missionaries. Um, who, um, the missionary, the missionary can keep the sexual missionaries. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, I support Jeff Dean. I support. I I kind of like Jeff Britta to a certain degree, um, and I support uh, Jeff Frankie. Anyway, uh, the should we talk about Abed? <laughs> Dare okay, we? yeah. We pair Abed um, with. This is a shipping episode, uh, podcast oh, only. Yo, oh, that's true. Abed. Who is Abed's OTP? First of all, I can't tell if Kev's stifling a vomit or just actually thinking. I can't tell if he's like oh, fucking wait, no, 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 yo, We already know Abed's OTP. Uh, his life mate, agent. Troy Barnes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. The um, FBI. Lady. Yeah, the, the Secret no, Service. No, agent. no, no, no. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Oh. Brie Larson. Well. They have the best. They have the best chemistry, and and Brie Larson's cute. No, I actually. So. I think we see more of their chemistry, but I don't think it's better chemistry than it is with the Secret Service member. I think the Secret Service member is this like they speak their own language. They communicate in a wildly. It's like the. It's the they were destined to never be together. It's that un. It's that oh, they it's can't beautiful. Be together. It's they beautiful. cannot. They're on opposite sides. Uh, I like Abed and uh, the deaf student that he uh, develops like a one episode relation a sudden sudden burst of compatibility with um i like that really <laughs> that describe Alvin's relationships are just that that's a jeff burst. quote a okay. sudden burst of compatibility with a woman will never see again um the <laughs> But I like Abed. I like that really. That episode where like Abed learns sign language to communicate with this uh, student who is like not plot important. It's just like a thing he's doing while spoiling. He's heard of spoil Game of Thrones. Yeah, spoiling Game of Thrones. Um, And that is a better one episode love story than this show ever accomplishes with any of its seasons long love stories. Like that is a better, same thing with the the Secret Service agent. That is a better (laughs) romantic plot line uh, than anyone else gets uh, for the rest of the show. Um, So anyway, if we must, I was speaking of Abed's plot in this episode rather than his ship. uh, But because this is another phenomenal episode for Danny Pudi, and this is the kind of episode you can they only all do. Are. This is the best Abed episodes, which are episodes that can only exist because Abed is in the cast. Without Abed, there is no world where Community gets to a dreamatorium. Um, and no. the, his, like, cardboard tubes where he explains his brain, that the dreamatorium is as much like <laughs> him understanding his own brain and, and like, I- interpreting that. Because uh, Abed has a, an undiagnosed, like, neurodivergence. Uh, like, he, um, you know, he... It's it's a it's something that can only happen here, and it's a great character episode where like ultimately he's going to put himself in the locker because it's kind of where he thinks he belongs, uh, mm-hmm. and and needs that encouragement oh, to yeah, get out he of there. Yeah, does end up in a locker, doesn't he? This fucking episode, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the thread where Troy describes himself in the. In the Dreamatorium simulation, the... is incredible. 
I'm going to read it because I couldn't remember it all the way through, but it's incredible. And like, I might also be anyway. He said, he says, I love butt stuff. I hate spiders. I stole a pen from the bank. I cried, <laughs> I cried during about a boy, the soundtrack. I don't wash my hands before surgery. I can see why women find Clive Owen attractive to the point where I might just as well be attracted to him. I have I use comparisons to Hitler to win arguments on the internet at the drop of a hat. I know nothing about wine. <laughs> I'm more turned on by women in pajamas than laundry. I just want to know they feel comfortable. I didn't get Inception. <laughs> that's a fucking that's a that is a sexy line. I'm sorry. The pajama I, what, one. Absolutely. The pajama one. That is a sexy Absolutely. line. Oh, homie, I my my wife God. Bless my wife. Right now. <laughs> I knew you were gonna fucking do that. <laughs> I yes, I forget that that happened again. So now everyone's quoting Borat again. Yeah, um, um, it's gone back to being not funny. Okay, because it was funny in 2006. <laughs> then it, a few years passed where it wasn't funny. Then it was funny again in like an ironic way, and now it's not funny again because it's new. Uh, yeah. It's fresh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Fresh. <laughs> oh, my my wife, who's almost fully nine months pregnant, is constantly like, I just feel uh and i'm like dude like sweatpants is my favorite mode <laughs> so like Hell you're yeah. fine chill it's good i yeah i'm i'm on troy's side here sweatpants over lingerie don't get me wrong both can look good yeah who doesn't like some lingerie but like i want them to know they're comfortable but literally the i just want to know they feel comfortable is exactly like why no that's like literally sweatpants like and a messy bun and glasses at a coffee shop like Knock me out. <laughs> is that a song lyric you just did? Yes, I did. <laughs> no, Caleb just described me pre-COVID. <laughs> Sweatpants, messy bun, glasses. It's a good thing coffee. we live in separate cities, Chase. Because <laughs> you would have hit on me? <laughs> if you ever show up at Mocha Bees in that. Ooh. I've been to Mocha Bees in... Not exactly that, but probably something similar to that. <laughs> the odds are it was something the odds close. Are, I mean, I was looking real gay in Mocha Bees, because, like, how else do you fucking roll up to Mocha Bees? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, you go to Mocha Bees to... in St. Louis, you got to look the gayest you can. Because that, that <laughs> is a bookshop. That is a gay anarchist Tell coffee us. shop. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Great. So, so having to go to Mocha Bees as gay as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, the first time I took my daughter to Mocha Bees, I was with my best friend in the world, Christopher, who I love dearly. And, like, we sat and, like, hung out and drank coffee while he, like, pushed and rocked this stroller with his foot. And as we walked back to the car together, shoulder to shoulder, we were both like, yo, everyone thought we were together. And we were mm-hmm. both like, yep. <laughs> and that was it. It was really funny because it was like... We didn't think about it when we went, but when we left, we were like, that totally was a thing. <laughs> if you go to Mocha Bees, it's weirder if you're straight. It's like, I, that is the I, I, outlier. I am going to, without, uh, I have heard stories from people that uh, work at Mocha Bees. That's what I'm going to say the relationship to Mocha Bees is. Who just, when straight people roll in, they kind of go, are you lost? Are you sure? Oh, that's, Starbucks is first, over there. That was my first couple sure? visits. That was my yeah. first couple visits. So, like, you can be straight and and be there, but, but like, the, totally the, find a vibe there. The Venn diagram of straight people and then, like, most of them are also, like, people. anarchists. Or polyamorous. Yeah. Right. Polyanarchist. Polyanarchist, yeah. Polyanarchist. Yeah. <laughs> Polyanarchy, yeah. 
Wait, Dude, okay, polyanarchy. Like Pollyanna and polyanarchist. I'm stealing that. Dude, that polyanarchy is an amazing. amazing it's an amazing. Polyanarchist. Yeah, it's probably it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna make a punk. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a, a punk electronic band called Polyanarchist. Yo, I will help you with that. I'm not even joking. Let's go. Let's Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails ain't got nothing on us. <laughs> and my drum set's right here. I see it. I'm jealous. I can't fit a drum set into my New York apartment. Well, and, I could. Uh, my neighbors would murder me. Yeah, I was about to say, if you bring a drum set into a New York apartment, you deserve to be evicted. Like, that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to drum... You don't need to apologize for saying you such a non-spicy want, take right yeah, there. Yeah, if you want to drum, own land. If you don't own <laughs> land, you cannot drum. I'm sorry. Drum, own land. Or rent, or rent land from someone who owns land. Or rent land or rent a studio space or something. Like, rent, there are rent options land here. specifically made for drums or to be Or get an yeah, electric exactly. drum set and put on some headphones. Come on, y'all. Be creative. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, headphones. Anything's on the table. Uh, Sorry. I hit a button on my soundboard. Uh, That's okay. It worked. Uh, Anyway, good episode. Um, I love the touch when they're doing the soap opera that they, like, do the soft lighting Vaseline lens uh, on all the actors. I think that's an excellent touch. Um, And this also seems like kind of a cost-saving episode i know that sounds weird but like we just use sets that already exist and then just pay for some like special effects when like a wireframe abed jumps from person to person this seems like another pillows and blankets cost-saving endeavor it could be i would be you know it might be (laughs) i'd believe it uh, we get the return of Senor Kevin's, a great uh, Mexican restaurant. There are two uses of my name in this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, because Pierce also remembers uh, the... Um, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, please come over for gay sex. <laughs> uh, Why wouldn't uh, you use Karen? It's gay sex, dummy. Then use great sex. And he's like, now I don't remember what I was... <laughs> remember anything. Thanks. Oh, oh, so and good. the unbelievable Dean so real, costume like in this episode. Whole, like, yo, straight straight men are so gay sometimes. Let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, are really gay. Uh, and uh, the incredible <laughs> duality Dean of man uh, costume. Great, great. The Dean's greatest outfit of many great outfits. Mm, that's, that's a claim. Great. We should. We should, that should be our next ranking endeavor: is rank all the dean's outfits. That could be a fun, yeah, fun singular episode to just yeah, like a dive bonus. into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We just yeah. uh, do a full dean. That would be a, I think, a live stream where we do like a tier list. You we know could what call I mean? it. We could call it a dean dive into diva outfits. Shit, I tried to make the wow. alliteration work all the way, but dean dive. Dean dive stuff. is in there. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll do it off, off, offline when we're not recording. Uh, it's a deep Dean diva yeah. dive. Ah. Oh. Boom. <laughs> All right. Ah. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right. So we have come to the section. That? I knew uh, that voice. That's Fozzie Bear. Uh, I do fucking love Fozzie. Love Fozzie Bear, one of the great Muppets. I saw you were wearing animal uh, pajama I do bottoms. have animal pants on. Animal is um, a spirit, is just like, just a spiritual, I have a spiritual connection to animal is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> I As a just, drummer, like, that's pure, that's drum energy. Well, just, you know I mean? woman! <laughs> woman! Yeah, I'm like, 
Yes, that is me. Hello. Yes, Hi. indeed. But uh, in like a very different sense, right? Animals like being like, ah, woman. And I'm, for me, I'm like, ah, yes, I am woman. Hello. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I am woman. Yes. Why did that sound like Robin Williams? <laughs> uh, the speed and timing of the incomparable Robin Williams. Um, so now it's ranking time. As it is many Ranking times. time! Oh, Christ. Uh, I did, in I fact... I can't believe I've never done that. When I was working at the comic book store, and it did they approach closing... They did that closing, every day, didn't they? I did that when I was you in charge of the that. sound system. Um, because it made me asshole. laugh every time. <laughs> so you were fucking Andy Bernard. Sure. Trying to start a thing at work and then playing closing time when it's time to leave. Listen, the folks who were closing at midnight on a Saturday with me, like they would just like, they would, they would do that laugh where it's like, you know what I mean? And they'd shake their heads a little bit, but they were like not mad, but they were just like, like mildly man. funny and I can't get mad about it. I don't love it, but I also it's not don't a laugh. It. It's like a heavy breath out of the nose and in their head, they're like, oh, Kev. And yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. Wait, also, right. the idea of walking out of closing a comic book shop at 11 or midnight on a Saturday in New York. It sounds so good to someone who lives in the Midwest, and I know is the worst for people. It's the fucking worst when you're doing it. It sounds romantic, right? It, it sounds, sounds yeah. It sounds like a super romanticized. I want to do that. It and sounds then I would do dope. It and be like this sucks. Yeah, it sucks <laughs> when you do it, and you like you have to do it. You're not given a choice to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Working until midnight is never fun, even if you love where you are. <laughs> correct, uh, yeah, Even if you basically. love the employee discount, which I did. Oh, Kevin, don't even... I literally dreamed of working at a comic book store just so I could get that good, good discount because when I was in college, I realized very quickly that comic books add up very fast. It's an expensive habit. You could have worse, but it's an expensive habit. Jace, when it's uh, safe to do so, I'll loan you some of my vast comic book collection so you can read. I would love that so yeah, absolutely. much. So. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll work that out uh, off microphone. Um, but, uh, we'll, the f- spot. we'll trade some stuff. Yeah. I love that. Uh, but the first end tag tonight, uh, Abed's stand-up comedy. Which one? No, <laughs> it's where Abed does stand-up comedy. I don't know how else to fucking. <laughs> this one's, this one's actually really funny to me because he's only telling jokes that Troy gets. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. And he's, it's such a good impression of bad 90s stand-up comedy with, like, the suit jacket. And I was like, you ever notice how I brush my teeth like this? <laughs> and Troy, Troy brushes, brushes his teeth like, like this. Oh, my God. I don't know why that always kills me. 90s. Bad 90s, like, white people walk to the store like this is so horribly. <laughs> like, it's all bad. Troy going, it's, it's true, I do do I that. I do do that. <laughs> Oh man, uh, this is a good one for me. This one's up there. This is a good for one. Me. This is up there for sure. All right, let's take a look. All right, let's. Is this a top ten? Is this better than Carol yeah. of the Changs? I think, yeah, so. I think so. I like this one. Yeah, I think Carol of the Changs good. is fun, but I like this one more than Carol of the Changs. Although I do play Carol of the Changs once a year, I do not go out of my way to find this one. It's just very funny every time it comes on. Sure, sure. Right, but that's what well, you go out of your way to find one because it's appropriate to something that happens in real life. Yeah, it's like seasonal. 
Um, oh no! I listened to Carol of the Chains like a monthly. That's you know, a bop. It's on the workout playlist. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I hate that so much. Oh, yeah, I flexed. Oh I flexed to the pops. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's right between <laughs> X gonna <laughs> give it to you and <laughs> and, and like uh, and a poker face. Yeah, exactly. Pentatonics for fucking. Yeah. Uh, or it's like it's right between like X gonna give it to you and like Coheed and Cambria. Like it's just, I was gonna say it's the just, time warp. Shut the fuck Rockford. up, Kev. That's so accurate. Fuck yeah. you. No, that's everyone's <laughs> workout playlist. What are you talking about? I'm such <laughs> a big fan of Coheed, though. You did. I know. Did you I knew know this? that. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Okay. I've seen them. I've I've seen them twice in the same week, more than once. <laughs> Damn. No way. Yeah. Is this better than Pledge Drive? From just last week, our number nine. Which one's the pledge drive? The one where they do a pledge drive. The one that you campaigned for being in the top ten. Oh my god, yes, pledge drive. <laughs> Yo, I just don't remember the name that we associate with. There's too many. My brain don't do good things. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jace. We're being really mean to you this episode. I can't remember anything. This episode, Jace has absolutely gotten dragged through the cold. The boys are being mean to me. <laughs> The sis! I'm being attacked by the sis! Uh, <laughs> Revenge of the sis! Okay, so <laughs> Skywalker attacks Jace Windu in Revenge of the sis. Oh, fuck me, dude. Revenge of the sis. Um, I hate it. So this, this is... This needs to be number nine, I think. <laughs> not as good as Pledge Drive. Yeah, because I was like, this is not better than like Cartoon Tunnel at number five. Like we're not we're not there. Yeah, well, I think no, this is I think this is a very clear new number ten. I think it's like right in that same vibe with Pledge yeah. Drive. Were you saying nine or ten? I said nine, but like you Pledge Drive better? or this could be like interchangeable. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna say that the Pledge Drive is uh, the new nine, just because this one makes me laugh a little more than Pledge Drive, but Pledge okay. Drive has got that like this is awesome kind of thing for me. I don't really okay. know how else to describe so, it. So Pledge Drive is staying nine for you, and this is and Stand Up is ten. Is that what you're saying? No, Stand Up okay. is the new Pledge Drive is ten. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Abed Stand Up. Cartoon Tunnel, man. Fuck, I every <laughs> never, time never... I think about that one, What's I'm like. Over? Deep, I'm deeply affected and also really, really, really cracking up. Because yeah, it's funny as fuck, Abed's but also hand like, hand god hand damn, it's dark. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. And then uh, the next end tag, it's another Troy Nabed in the morning. They're always, they're always nice. Uh, this is with Annie. And they're decorating the apartment. Oh, this one's cute, but I wouldn't put it too far up. New. Yeah. This isn't like, the one where Annie's by herself, is it? No. This is the one where they're, like, using... It's, like, design tips. Like, use a, a throw uh, thing to cover up a Kool-Aid stain. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she rearranges uh, Troy and Abed's living situation, and Abed freaks out. And Troy <laughs> gets out the technical difficulties picture that he made. <laughs> that's this that's one? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's this one. This is pretty cute. That's just, that's this is pretty good. I like this one. Um, Alright, is this top 20 uh, versus Kick Puncher? Where they make their own Kick Puncher. Um, I, I think I, this might be a little funnier than Kick Puncher. I think it's the new 19. 
because right. it is not funnier than Fake Fire Alarm to me. It is not. Because Fake um, Fire Alarm is fucking incredible. That's a great one. <laughs> so um, we go to school, 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 Rap, we Troy and Abed, Dine and Dash, Fake Fire Alarm, and then Troy and Abed with Annie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down okay. with that. That's great. New number 19, uh, Troy and Abed and Annie in the morning at night. <laughs> I can't. This one, what do I call this one? Troy and Abed and Annie. It's Troy and Abed and Annie in the, in the morning, morning at night. Uh, well, parentheses, re- hip tips. redecorate. Because there's several Troy and Abed and Annie in the morning, so that's my code it's, word. It's the, it's the hashtag hip tips. It's like a queer eye hip tips. Hip tips? Okay, sure. Bumper. Um, I've actually finally watched some of that new uh, queer eye show. Um, kind of fun. It's fun. it's fun and nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the black dude uh, is Karama. the hottest person I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> really? I honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you, Tan does it for me. Tan, I Weird. Did. We all have different queer eye Who's stands. yours, Jonathan? That's amazing. Jonathan? Uh, no, Jonathan's Anthony because food. Duh. You like Anthony? Uh, sure, yes. sure. I want to make food with Anthony and watch movies that both of us are going to wax too philosophically about. Sure, sure. I like that. <laughs> um, Jonathan's a close runner-up for me. I think he's... Jonathan, I want to be my best fucking friend. Oh, my, yeah, my wife is like, can I order a Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. But, nah, you yeah. can't. But, like, Tan, I want to just, like, buy me sweaters and hold me. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I couldn't I couldn't hang out with Tank because he'd criticize my um, No, he'd be so supportive and he'd make you feel so good in your skin. So much. He'd no, make he fun would of help you, you find good but he would help make you, you feel amazing yeah. in your outfit. No, he sure. sure. It would be constructive. What a fox. Criticism. What a fox. Yeah, what a what a hunk. Um, right. So um uh episode rankings. Uh Origins of Vampire Mythology. <laughs> This one's tough for me. Tough one. It's simultaneously good and just kind of like also in the it's it's okay. It's very good, but also in the scope and scale of this entire run, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the better meh episodes. For right. Me. <laughs> like I'll but never, also, I'll never skip it. Episodes of Community are like good episodes of television. Right. Yeah. Just, for Community, like, it's like. Yeah. What are you putting it up against? Like them right? faking a carnival on the phone is so <laughs> funny. And Annie, like, <laughs> it's all good. Very funny. Anytime they let Allison not say words and just like make sounds is very funny. Correct the moon dog. Oh my um, gosh. I didn't realize, I don't know how many episodes you've ended with that sound clip, Kevin. But I was listening back to the episode that we did with uh, with Jesse, with yeah. Kat, with my partner, and just like here, <laughs> realizing that that's how that episode ended, we both just started cracking up. Yeah, I I've added that since we covered that episode, uh, so that's oh, now a permanent part okay. of the. the that end. would make sense why I didn't realize it because I don't think I was there for that episode. Yeah. Uh, so the the episodes now end with. Uh, the great Ludwig Göransson out, Jack. and then it's a clip from Glee where they sing "That was quite a show." Very entertaining. 
Um, and then it's a clip from Arrested Development where Ron Howard says, please tell your friends about this show. And then it's booby dooby boop doop sex. Um, How many fucking tags do you have? You have a tag bit, then you tag on interviews with other people, then you add like five other tags. I love it. I love I'm it a busy, so much. I'm a busy man. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. You get a tag, and you get a tag, and you get a tag. Does this crack our top Thirty, our number thirty, messianic myths and ancient peoples. I think this is. I prefer this one to that one. Which one is this? This one's not Abed Abed Abed, is it? That one is Abed Abed Abed. Abed oh, Jesus. It is? I like I like Abed 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 more. Okay, but not much more. Not much more. That one I just has more truck with me because like I grew up religious. Sure, <laughs> so that's like a, so right. if you if you grow up religious or go to film school, that's a great episode. Um, okay, because uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, do I like this episode more than Beginner Pottery? No, I do no. not. No, I <laughs> no. like Beginner Pottery. Yeah, that's where I was looking, too. Yeah, so, um... I like this episode maybe more than English as a Second Language. Yeah, which, what happens in English as a Second Language? They find that's... out that Chang's uh, credentials are faked. Yeah. We, I would put this one just above that one, yeah. I think so. Uh, okay, ooh. So applied anthropology, the Shirley gives birth episode is right above that. I would, I would keep that, that above it. You yeah. keep that above? Okay, sounds good. If 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 for nothing less than just Abed in the background, building up to that. Oh sure sure sure. S three e fifteen. I had to look up what episode number it is. Origins of vampire mythology. I'm not a robot. What? Yeah what? <laughs> I'm not a robot. You're not? I need How else receipts. would you describe your incredible scope of random knowledge? Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a I'm a robot that was not uh, programmed especially well. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, as as most robots in Hollywood are. Yeah, Brita bot programmed badly. Um, so, <laughs> um, virtual systems analysis, the rheumatorium episode. So this one, let's start with critical film studies, which is the uh, my dinner with Andre episode because these they're at a similar point in the season. Mm -hmm. They're also an Abed centric character episode where Abed and another character sort of ping back and forth to get at a deeper meaning for both of them. Um, but this, this time it's tough. Annie. I like that the show is at a point where it doesn't have to be Jeff. It can be Annie or yeah. or anyone else. I like that a lot. Um, it's tough because because Critical Film Studies has the iconic I poop my pants. Which fucks me up every time I see it. Um, the what? Wait, what? When oh, Abed's talking about being on the on set, the set of, of Cougar Town. Cougar Town. Oh, yeah. And he panics and hits the ground and poops his pants. <laughs> um, and Jeff just like wide eye, like eyebrows up like, <laughs> what? Um, and then later he's like, did you poop your pants? He's like, that shouldn't be important. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say I like this episode a lot more on the whole and i think it's a little yeah. bit more successful at the same aims as the my yeah. dinner with andre episode yeah the, i was gonna say like that i that episode has its moments yes. that are great but this episode has more of those moments <laughs> indeed um all right so we're That's moving my scholarly up, take up the list more and i love more. the daringness of this episode even though I don't think it's going to crack too much higher than we're already at. Which one is Studies in Modern Movement again? I do this for literally every episode. Uh, hashtag Annie's move. move. Annie's Move. Right. 
drinking human blood. I this is like, close. This is around there. I'm not sure if I like is, it more or less than that episode. This is close. I think I'm gonna give uh, Dreamatorium an edge. I think we're, okay. I think I'm gonna just sheer. I'm down with that dynamism of what they're trying to pull off here. Yeah, and that, and that sheer makes, audacity. Yeah, and that it makes any sense at all. That it makes any sense at all. I think is is worthy of commendation. Uh, so let's let's do the plug thing uh, so we can do the sleep thing. Um, I, thank you. You uh, all. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, my big uh, plug this week, as with last week, uh, my play uh, Scooby Doo and the Manson Family Murders uh, is able. You're able to watch that on my YouTube channel uh, forever. I really appreciate all the support we've gotten so far. Uh, over 250 people have watched it, which I know is small potatoes in YouTube terms, but feels pretty significant to me, um, <laughs> and I appreciate that. And let's. I I want to see uh how far we can take this so i appreciate that and also right now i am rereading uh the matt fraction david aja hawkeye run uh for like the 10th time and it's still fucking excellent so listeners uh if you are at all interested in that hawkeye disney plus show go read these 25 comic book issues because it'll uh make you poop your dang pants from how good it is Woo! Yeah, that's definitely the next on my list for reading. I've been reading a lot of comics on our sponsored but not sponsored content from, uh, was it Marvel Unlimited? Is that what their freaking app yeah, is? Yeah, Marvel Unlimited. Pay us money already. We give you so much advertising. Um, I don't have too much to plug. I do want to point out, though, because of the, um, the delayed release schedule from when we record to when these are published, I do want to make it known that my take on the prom being single-handedly ruined by James Corden was shortly after followed up with several articles published by Variety and other sources saying exactly that. And I just want it to be known in the universe that I said it before any of those articles came out. <laughs> I've actually been saying it for months. And an I episode don't want... where Jace has been shouted down on every point that they've made. I, <laughs> you I make just a want to of being like, I am right about the things I'm I am right about this. I was right about this a month ago. I've just been confirmed. It's not even out on Netflix mm -hmm. yet, but I don't want anybody with the whole in before bullshit. I said I it, it first. I, I meant it. it. And it's apparently true. Um... Good idea, hipster. Well, whole, yeah, it. the whole casting of the prom pissed me off because it was like, you have an entire cast. They've been working for, with it for seven fucking years and then ryan murphy goes let's just change the entire cast and i would have been fine if they recast that role with someone that was actually gay because i'm pretty sure the guy that played it on broadway wasn't gay but instead they went with fucking james corden which was offensive um if you're trans i love you if you're cis i love you too but if you're trans i love you if you know what i mean you know what i mean that's what i gotta say i'm trying to <laughs> i was like that yes i know what you mean knowing full well i don't but that's <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know what to shout out, really. I mean, the end of the year is wrapping up, which is a big deal for me and doing game shit, because I hope it hasn't been obvious, but that means that I've played games basically nonstop until the end of the year, and I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla this whole time, trying to get through it before Cyberpunk comes out on Thursday. Whew. So that, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but no, I'm trying. It's not gonna um, I'm at like 70 hours into Assassin's Creed, and I've I easily don't. got 40 more. And then Cyberpunk comes out on t tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow night, Thursday. 
uh, I might push it you to Friday. You do 40 hours in a day, right? Come on. <laughs> yes. Because I am the Lord of Time. Um, <laughs> but I guess my, my... Is that you? <laughs> I guess what my biggest shout-out would be, or, like, maybe not a shout-out, but more just a, like, hey, let's pay attention to this. There's a lot of crunch that happens at the end of the year for people that are in, in entertainment or in critic criticizing entertainment. Entertainment yes. industry. So like the critical so sphere, like cyberpunk the, the is, commentary yeah. sphere, yeah. Yeah, Cyberpunk is coming out on Thursday and like that game is full of bugs. And that studio pushed twice. Yep. And that doesn't and it's it released full of bugs, which is should be a clear indication that when those when that game got delayed, it did not mean it was easier for the people working on it. <laughs> it right. meant that they just had shitty conditions for nine more months. Um, so I don't know. It's it's kind of like a, a thing that I've been pushing with my content with Nerdy Bits as well. But like, just know that like the holidays are stressful, and for a lot of people think that that stress comes from like just interacting with a lot of family. Which if you're doing that this year, fuck you, stay home. But also, um, but also, like, it's not just that. It's like people have to work during the holidays, and that's worth always, not always, most times worse than hanging out with your families. I hope that's the worst part of your holidays, because if, if your family's worse than working GameStop retail on Black Friday, then fuck. Um, I say that knowing full well my family has been worse than Black Friday at GameStop. Um, but yeah, just know that, like, if you're a nerd and you like reading about games or playing games that literally everything you read or play it, it didn't come without tremendous yeah. amounts of sacrifice. Yep. Uh, and remember that a way to show your family love this holiday season is to not get them sick by traveling to them when it is not safe to do so. Remember that that is a way that you can show your family love if you're worried about that um, for everyone. Um, uh, oh my and... gosh! Also, wait, real quick. I know. I just, I just dawned on me that this is definitely gonna be uh, released after this coming Friday. Happy Hanukkah, listeners! Happy Hanukkah, listeners! Oh, yes. I don't know what I don't know what night it's it is of Hanukkah because I don't know what day this is being released. But happy Hanukkah! Hey. Yeah. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Uh, oh, and if, you, well, if you're listening to this on the day it is released, uh, sometime this evening on my YouTube channel, uh, we'll be doing a live stream, a first playthrough of my community tabletop RPG. Um, so youtube.com uh, slash Kevin Lanigan. Uh, you can check out that. Uh, and we will be back. We're nearing our winter break, but we'll be back. Wait, is this coming week. out on Thursday? Yeah, next Thursday. Oh, then it's not Hanukkah yet. Never mind. Oh, it'll be two days. It'll be two days past my birthday. Uh, you know, happy Hanukkah in advance and happy birthday, both in advance and in the past. When we record next host. time, it will be my birthday. Next oh, my gosh. So, wow, we, we, both our birthdays were Tuesday record days this year. Yeah. Um, yep. That's interesting. And then I'll, have a, then I'll have a baby soon. And that's not something oh I'm prepared gosh. for yet. Oh, you can do it. You can do it, Papa. Uh, and whatever oh, that has to do it. That's all. Well, that's fair. That's I just have fair. To deal with it. I <laughs> meant caring for the child, Thank you. not okay. <laughs> not expelling the child. Uh, yes. But uh, that too. Uh, good luck to your wife on that. <laughs> that too. Oh that my too. God. Uh, good luck to all involved. All parties. Wish them the best. 
Uh, and we'll be back next week with a beloved Law & Order episode and the first part of a two-parter. Will we cover the second part before or after Caleb's baby? Who can say? <laughs> Who will know? <laughs> Who will know? So after that, we'll either be covering a more community or The Witcher. Who can say? Uh, but until next week, pop, pop. Pop, pop. Chang. Sorry. I ruined it. I ruined it. Have mercy. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boop.